There's a call comes ringing over my restless wings. Send the light, send the light, send the light, send the light. There's a soul to rescue, there's a soul to save. Send the light, 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 send the light. And there's a gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Macedonia call today, send the light, send the light, in the golden offering of the cross we lay, send the light, send the light, send the light, send the light, and bless the God's gold Good evening, my viewers, and good evening, all Benya followers. This is your brother Paul again. As I always do on a Sunday evening, today too, I've come your way to present an entirely different lesson tonight to you. I hope you will enjoy this lesson too. Because this lesson is about our lives and also is about our salvation. And as we as Christians, we're trying to journey through this land and waiting for the crown that is ahead of us, it is important that we study things like this and then to examine ourselves if we are indeed in the faith. And that is what the scripture says. Before I introduce my lesson tonight, let us have a word of prayer 
and commit ourselves into the hands of Almighty God, whose word we are going to study tonight. Let's pray together. Father God and Almighty, tonight I have also come to present the lesson from your word to my viewers. I pray that God you will guide me, you will guide my lips, so that anything that will come from me will not be from me, but it will be from you. Help me to speak nothing by the truth, because you have said that you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I want all those who listen to me to get the truth that is in your word. Father, I commit their souls, their spirit, and their body into your care. Please, God, bless everyone who listen to me. Bless them with knowledge and wisdom that will help them to understand your word. I thank you for hearing my prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I think I have come to the end of uh, the lesson which I presented to you, I think, for about six weeks now, that is, are their prophet for today. In fact, this is a question that we posed from the beginning of the lesson. And getting to the end, we all know whether there are genuine God's prophet today or not. And the answer is, there's no genuine prophet of God today. The only prophet we have is our Lord Jesus Christ. Today, the lesson we are going to study is different. By the way, those who believe in these prophets, let me ask this question. You see, this last 31st, then we have a lot of prophets prophesying about what is going to go through the year. But all these prophets, they prophesy about all these politicians, whether it's MPP or NDC, who is going to win. But one thing they forgot is that they couldn't prophesy about the coming of this coronavirus, which is moving around like a wildfire from Asia and going across the globe. None of these so-called prophets were able to see this. What does that tell you? They are all fake. I think we have finished with that. And if this is the first time that you are hearing me, I will entreat you to go to my Facebook page. All the lessons are there. Lessons for tight lessons for these prophets, they are there. If you go to Ben Yav's uh, Facebook page too, the lessons are also there and also in YouTube. Please, my brother or sister, I want you to share this lesson to other people too, so that together we all will know the truth. It is important that we study the scriptures and find out what God wants us. I know that he created us and he put us here on this earth, but we are not here for being here sake. But we are here that a time will come we are going to give an account. And the question is, what are you going to say? 
when the time comes. And these things that we are saying will help you and will guide you so that when Christ returns, you will not be found wanting. Probably you will have heard this argument that people do, especially uh, Christians, which some say that there is a church in the Bible. And others also say there is no church in the Bible. Now tonight, I want you to zero your mind. And I'm going to zero my mind as well. What we are going to do is to find out whether indeed there is a church in the Bible or not. Now, if there is no church in the Bible, then we can confidently say that it doesn't matter which church one will go today because your salvation does not depend on any church. So you can go to any church of your choice. You can go to Aladura. You can go to Jehovah Witness. You can go to Methodist. You can go to Cherifin and Seraphim. You can go to uh, whatever church you mentioned. We have plenty of churches and you'll be fine. That is if there is no church in the Bible. On the other hand, if there is church in the Bible, there's a specific church in the Bible, then our salvation will have a link with this church in the Bible. I've said it to here. First, if there's no church in the Bible, our salvation does not link with any church at all. So you can go to any church at all you want. It doesn't matter. Once it's a church, you can go. But if we find out that there's a church in the Bible, then we have to know that our salvation may link with this church that the Bible is talking about. That is if there is a church. Now, I'm not sure what you think. Do you think that the Bible mentioned any church? We have, you know, tens of thousands of churches around the world today. Does the Bible also mention a church? Or there's no church in the Bible? We find out when we say church, what a church means. And then we also dip down and dive through the scriptures and find out if indeed there's a church in the scriptures. That is what we're trying to do today. Now, let me tell you this. God in his wisdom love humans because we are his creation. He loves us so much. But in saying that, what God hates is sin. If man sins, God punished man. But what he does is, God doesn't punish man because he likes it. God punishes man so that man will change his behavior and do what God wants him to do. But sometimes the punishment that God offers to man sometimes may be deadly. But when God decides to punish mankind because of sin, he always makes provision of a safe area 
where the obedient people can go so that their lives will be saved. I'll give you an example. Now, in Genesis chapter 18, verse 25, Abraham said this, when he was trying to find out the behavior of God, this is what Abraham says, and I read from Genesis chapter 18, verse 25, he said, Far be it from you, God, to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be that from you shall not the judge of the earth do what is just. Now, why is Abraham saying this? Abraham said this when God informed him that he is going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But because Abraham knew he has some relation in Sodom and Gomorrah, he pleaded on behalf of his nephew Lot. So he asked God, God, I know you are going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of their sinful nature. Now, let me ask you, God, if you go there and you find 50 people that are righteous people, obedient people to you, would you destroy these two cities? And God said, no, if I find 50, I will not destroy them. And then Abraham said, what about 45 people? Would you destroy? God says, no. What about 30? God says, no. Now, Abraham pleaded until he got to number five. God, what about if you find five people in that city? Would you destroy? Abraham was trying to bargain with God so that God would not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Why? Because he has his uh, relative there. He has his names, only his nephew and his children and his family over there. So he was pleading so that God would not punish these two cities. So he said, what about if you have five people? In that city that are you know obedient to you God says no but guess what when God went to the city he only saw four people that obey him so he has to destroy the city Abraham was not lucky probably he should have you know counted down to four and asked God and see the bottom line is, Abraham pleaded this because he said, I know God, you will not destroy the wicked with the righteous people. And Abraham was right. He was right because when God decided to destroy man from the face of the earth, I'm talking about Noah's time in Genesis chapter 6, he decided to provide for those who will be obedient to him. He decided to make a provision for them so that they will not be destroyed together with the unfaithful. So what did God do? He asked Noah. Noah built an ark. And he gave the, specific, uh, the specifications of the ark. The length, the breadth, the height, and even the wood to use God specify everything to him. Now, why is God telling Noah to do this? 
because he wants to save some people. He doesn't want to destroy the righteous people together with the ungodly. So he's making a provision so that those who are righteous and obey him can go there and have their life been saved. So it is important to notice what Abraham said. Far be from that or from you, God, that you will destroy the righteous with the ungodly. God will not do that. He always makes provision for those who obey him so that they can be saved. Brothers and sisters, the same way when God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, as I said, now listen, he sent his angels to this city, this twin city. The people there were very bad people. They practiced homosexuals. You understand? And they did a lot of nasty things that is against God's word. So God decided to destroy this twin city. But there were some four people in that city that obey God. Because these people, they are Abraham's relatives. So Abraham actually uh, stayed with um, his nephew, Lot. So Lot has learned a lot from Abraham. You understand? So he was a godly and uh, God-fearing person. So God decided to save these people. So when he went to Sodom and Gomorrah, he went to Lord and his family and disclosed to them, I am going to destroy this city. And look at what the angels told them. God was going to save them from this destruction that was coming to Sodom and Gomorrah. Genesis chapter 19 verse 17, hear what he said here. And as they brought them out, the angels brought Lot and his family out. One of the angels said to them, escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you will be swept away. So here, God doesn't want to destroy the godly people with the ungodly. So he's making a provision. He said there is a place that is a safe area for you. And that is on top of the hill. Run for your life. Go to that place so that you will be saved. Remember Noah's time. God told Noah to build an ark. So that the people would run to the ark and be saved. So the ark was serving as a place of refuge or as a safe place for those people who will become obedient to God. In the same way, the hills have been selected as a, 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 a safe place for Lord and his family. God will never intend to do something that is to destroy the ungodly without making a provision to save those who are willing 
and obeying him. It is important also not to joke with such warnings, but look for the safe place that God always provides when he is intending to destroy mankind. If people have neglected Noah's ark, I mean, if Noah and his family have neglected this ark, they should have died with all these ungodly people. In the same way, if Lot and his family had refused to go into the hills, onto the hills, they would be destroyed. And look, Lot's wife did not get to the hills. What happened? He turned, as she turned back and turned to be a pillar of salt. So she, you know, died on her way because she refused to get there and God punished her. So it is important to always look for a, a place of refuge, a place where you can be saved because whenever God make his mind to bring judgment upon a nation, upon a place, upon people, he always make provision for those who will be obedient to him. Now, our topic for tonight is, is there any church in the Bible? There are two schools of thought. Some Christians are saying that there is no church in the Bible, so it doesn't matter which church you go. But the question is, if there is no church in the Bible, why do we force ourselves to go to church? Because it will not matter anyway. It will not matter anyway. And there is another school of thought who are saying that there is a particular church in the Bible which has a relationship with human salvation. That means without that church, that the Bible specify our salvation will be questionable. Now, what do you think? That is what we're trying to find. Do you think there's a church in the Bible as they say? Or there's no church in the Bible as others also say? Now, before we can understand this, I want to tell you something in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 31. Hebrew writer said, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And because of that, always you, you have to look for a safe place. Because if you fall into the hands of the living God, it's not something that you have to dream to be. Because the punishment is so severe. That is why whenever God makes his mind to punish people, he make a way, he provide a safe place for those people who will become obedient to him. Before we know whether there is a church in the Bible or not, we need to define what a church is. What a church? What a church? Now, when I say a church, what comes to people's mind is a building where they find a cross on that building or they find a name on that building, church so-so-and-so, ch church of this, church of that, or 
like excuse me to say let me use this as an example you find a building then you say uh, anglican church or Methodist church or jehovah witness church or sda church and people are thinking that when you say a church is that building we're talking about you got it wrong church is not a building let's let's define the word church when we say church what is a church now the word church is translated from the greek word ecclesia ecclesia is a greek word i'm even biting my tongue i don't know how to say it proper now the english did not know anything called a church when christianity started until christianity traveled to a certain area that the, 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 the English saw some groups of people which the Greek called the Ecclesia. And then the Ecclesia, the Greek translate Ecclesia or the meaning of Ecclesia is called out. Called out. People that have been called out. It's like you call people from everywhere and then they come together to group and the greek people said this is ecclesia so group of people assembled together for a common goal for one purpose is called ecclesia when christianity started the greek saw some people that group maybe on sunday to break bread and do a lot of things and then they said this is ecclesia of god that is a, a body that has been called or at the assembly that has been you know uh, at the assembly of god or the body that has been called by god and the english people say this will be called a church so when we say a church church is not the building but is a group of people that has been called for a common goal. So that's a church. One person cannot be a church. It's multiple of people. That is called a church. Now, now that we have defined a church, we want to find out if there were some group of people that have been called for a common goal, which were meeting to discuss about God, called a church, or there was no such thing called a church in the Bible. That is what we want to find out. Because the argument is that some people are saying there is a particular church in the Bible and others are saying there is no church in the Bible. And it doesn't matter which church you go because any church is as good as the other. But then, if there is a church in the Bible, now why? Uh, what is that church? And why is the church? Does it have any relationship with man, salvation or not? As we know that Noah's Ark had a relationship with Noah's salvation and the hill there had a relationship with Lord and his family salvation. There should be a relationship if there is a church in the Bible. Then there should be a relationship between man's salvation and this church. That is what we want to find out. Now, we have explained what a church is. A church is not a building. It's not a meeting place 
where the people meet. But a church is a body of people. It's a body of people, group of people that has been called out. That has been called out. Now, is there a particular church in the Bible? I have not counted the number of times, number of times that the name church has been mentioned in the Bible. I've not counted them. But we have some Bible scholars who have done this good job. Some Bible scholars now can confidently say that the word church appears in the New Testament 115 times. So here come to those who say there's no church in the Bible. 115 times the word church is being mentioned in the New Testament alone. There's no such thing in the Old Testament. The Old Testament we have a body, all right. But the term church was used in the New Testament sense. Why? Because when Jesus Christ came, there were some group of people that he established them for salvation's sake. Which means you cannot distance yourself from that group of people and thinking that you will have a salvation for yourself. I'm just trying to you know, bring your mind to something here. Is there a church in the Bible? Yes, there is, because 115 times the word church is mentioned in the New Testament. So you can see there is no church in the Bible. But these 115 times, was this referring to one particular church or different, different denominational churches? That is mentioned 115 times. Now, these scholars that counted this, they did not count a single denomination church. They did not count any church which is different from one that they have counted already. It means it's the same church everywhere they went. It's the same church. There was no denomination as we see denominations in the world today. Now, I can't count the number of churches that we have today. But I can tell you, it's tens of thousands of churches across the globe. Across the globe. Even in my country, Ghana, individual churches, if you are counting, you will find thousands. Of churches because day in and day out people are planting churches because of money the easiest way for people to get money these days is either be a politician or establish a church so you see all these one-man churches oh tell me about it They amount work for themselves. If you are able to establish a church, all you need is to get a Bible and start using two women and then they will do the work for you. 
And all you know, a month, two months, three months, all the church has failed. They call it a church. But is that how the church that we read in the Bible was established? Can anybody at all get up and say, I have established my church. I am the overseer. I am the founder. I am the bishop. I am the pastor. This church belongs to me. Can people say this? There is no a single verse or chapter or quotation in the scriptures where an individual got up and said that I have my church. It's not in the scriptures. Or a group of people say that we have established a church and I am the general overseer of that church and that church belongs to me. That is not found in the Bible. Because Peter cannot establish church. Paul cannot establish a church. I'll tell you what these apostles did. They never established church of their own. So, the church that the Bible talks about, I have said that about 115 times the word church appears in the New Testament. Which means, Paul and the rest of the apostles, the other disciples, the early Christians, they all belonged to the church. So, what church has done? Now, I want us to read something from the scriptures to back what I'm saying. Is there anything to show that there's a church in the Bible? Already I've said, it counted about 115, that is fine. Let me give you just three examples in the scriptures where this, uh, the word church is mentioned and who is behind this church. First, we go to Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. And I want my listeners to get this quotation and underline it. If you have your Bible, underline it. In your Bible, just use pen or pencil to underline it. If you can keep it in your head, very fine. But if I were you, I will make it my memory verse. Because this very quotation has a relationship with my salvation. And listen to what happened. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 16 verse 18, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Do you understand? This is from Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus and his disciples went to Philippi, a place called Caesarea. And there Jesus asked his disciples, Who do you think men think I am? And then the disciples started saying, oh, Some think you are Elijah, some think you are one of the, you know, the prophets, and some think you are Moses, and blah, 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 blah. And Jesus turned to them. His apostle and said, what about you? Who do you think I am? There, Simon Peter 
answering the Lord and said, The Lord, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Well, Peter, this is not flesh and blood that revealed this to you, but you only know this because my Father in heaven revealed this to you. And there, Jesus made a promise, a solid promise upon that confession that Peter has made. He said, and I tell you, you are Peter. Upon this rock, upon this foundation, upon this confession that you have made, that I am the son of the living God, the Christ, I promise I will establish my church. I will build my church. What is church? Church is a group of people that has been called out together for a common purpose, common goal. So what Jesus implies here is, I'm going to get group of people that I'll call it mine. The word is mine. It's nobody's. And what he said is, the gates of hell will not prevail against this church that I am going to establish. Brothers and sisters, this is something in the scriptures that man has not paid attention to. Because let me tell you, without this prophecy and these promises Jesus Christ is making, no one will be saved. Without Noah's ark, God promising Noah that Noah used a gopher wood to build an ark, none of, or of the people in Noah's time will be saved, including Noah himself. But they needed something that will keep them safe until the flood is over. In the same way, Jesus Christ is promising to establish his own church. I will build my church. The gate of hell will not and cannot prevail against it. Which means, what Jesus has promised to build, he will, he will build it and nothing will against it. Have you tried to find out this church that Jesus Christ said, I will build and nothing will prevent it from coming? And nothing will against it. Not even the gates of hell can overcome it. Have you ever thought of this? That, mm, let me sit down one day and think about it. So where is the church that Jesus says he is going to build? That is one point. Now, we will come to that. This is just the beginning of this lesson. We'll come to that because of time. Today, I don't want to take much of your time. This lesson is lengthy and we're going to do it in series, parts, one, two, three, and the rest. Okay, now the next quotation that I want to show to you is in Acts chapter 2, verse 47. Acts chapter 2, verse 47. And listen to this. This is Luke who is writing, the disciple Luke who is writing and said, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily 
such as should be saved. Point the church and the word saved come in there. Save salvation and the church has relationship. That is what I want you to understand. Salvation and the church has relationship. Now, if you read from Acts chapter 2, verse 41 coming. Bible says, they that gladly receive the word at the Pentecost day, those who receive the word, about 3,000 of them confess that they want to become Christians. And these 3,000 people were baptized and they were added to the number of the apostles. They added to the apostles. So the Bible says, after the baptism, they were added to the church. And that is what the verse 47 is saying that, and the Lord continued to add people to their church. Which church is that? There are plenty of churches, thousands about thousands of churches globally today. Now, what church is this talking about? Remember, our Lord Jesus Christ has already promised, I will establish my church and nothing can prevent this church from coming to stay. Not even the gates of hell can prevail against it. Brothers and sisters, is there a church in the Bible? Have you thought about this? Yes, there is a church. And if there is a church, then it has a bearing with our salvation. That is what I want you to know. And there's a little point here I want you. I'll read again in Acts chapter 2 verse 47. Listen and listen well. He said, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to their church daily such should be saved. Daily, he added people daily to the church, those that have been saved. So if God saves you, he adds you. He puts you into the church. It's like Noah's act. When God saved Noah, he put Noah and his family into the ark to protect them until the flood. God will never destroy the ungodly together with the godly people. God will never do that. He always make a room for those who are obedient and redeem them from that destruction and keep them safe. In the same way, Jesus has already said, there's a destruction coming. There's a judgment coming. A day of accountability coming where man is going to be destroyed forever. But the good thing is, he's going to build his church and keep the saved in that church. That is what Acts chapter 2 verse 47 says. Those who were saved, he, they, 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 they were kept in that church. So those who are saying there's no church in the Bible, I don't know if they read the Bible at all. We will find out what this church is. And the last quotation I will give you here is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. 
1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 2. Listen here. This is Paul writing to the Corinthian people. He said, to the church of God. Now Jesus said, I will build my church. So where is this to the church of God? So does it mean the church has already been established? Remember, Jesus is God. Jesus is God. And then Paul is writing 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. He said, to the church of God that is in Corinth. Okay. So in Corinth, there was a church there. And Paul is writing a letter to this church. Remember, I said a church is not a building, but it's a body of people. That is ecclesia. People that have been called out to form an assembly, to form a body. That is called a church. And Paul says to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place called upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, this tells us that there is a church in the Bible. Even Paul wrote a letter to this church. And here, Paul says, to the church of God. Hmm. You say there's no church in the Bible. Paul said, I wrote a letter to the church of God. Okay. If there is a church in the Bible, then as I said, then our salvation will have some relationship, some bearing with this church in the Bible. Brothers and sisters, I don't want to take much of your time. Now, call this part one of the lesson about the church. And we're going to continue until we finish. Now, if there is church in the Bible, what is this church? And who established it? Already, we've got a clue from Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, that Jesus said, I will establish my church. I will build my church. And nothing at all can prevent it from happening. So we got a clue that, you know, who established it. So next week, we're going to dive deeper to find out what this church is. Have you heard people say that, oh, there are too many churches in the world today, and I don't know even which one to attend. Now, some people will tell you, uh, church has nothing to do with my salvation. doesn't matter which church you go, because church cannot save you. Really? I can understand. The churches we have in the system today cannot provide salvation to any human being. But the church that we are talking about in the Bible, Luke says, and those who were saved, they were kept in the church. So that church can save your life. And you and I have to look for that church. God bless you that you always listen to me. This lesson is very important as far as your salvation is concerned. Because as no one cannot do away with his ark, in the same way the Christian
cannot do away with this church that the Bible is talking about. Without the ark, there was no salvation for Noah. And without this church, there's no salvation for the Christian because those who were saved were kept in that church. It is not me saying it. It is there in the scriptures. Read Acts chapter 2 verse 47. It is written there. Probably you've not gotten time to go through the Bible and find out which church the Bible is talking about. We will come back next week and then God's willing, we will dive through and God will teach us. What I want you to do for me, my beloved brother and sister, share this message to as many as you can so that together we all learn the scriptures. And as I always say, this is not preaching. I am teaching the word from the Bible. So if you think you have any question, I have my number top there. You can, it's a WhatsApp number. You can WhatsApp me. WhatsApp test. Or you can call me. Or if you like, you can place your comment at the Facebook where you are watching me, where it says comment area. You place your comment there. Place your question and I will get back to you. Is there a church in the Bible? This is what we are trying to find. Already, we've got a clue that the Bible mentioned church 115 times. And we've already used the Bible to read some of them. God bless you and help you to understand the truth. If you want more of this lesson, please visit the Church of Christ. Everywhere you are, the Church of Christ is there. In any country, we have the Church of Christ. If you can't find the Church of Christ, you place me a comment that somebody called me from Nigeria, said he is in Obon State or something like that. You want to find out where the church is. And I Google and find out for. Sometimes you yourself, any country that you are listening, uh, 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 you are hearing me from, okay, if you are in India, if you are in anywhere, you Google the Church of Christ in that country and you will find them. Please, they will give you what I'm giving you. And God will bless you. Continue to follow Benyas because you find a good lesson. And also go to my Facebook page. There are a lot of lessons there and you can follow. God bless you and make you strong. In Jesus' name, amen.